Welcome to Spring Makers, the podcast that dives deep into the world of water skiing with Chris Rossi and Trent Finlayson. The movement that takes you from pulling behind the boat to turning at the buoy is most often termed the edge change. It's a pivotal move that when done correctly gives you the swing needed to run buoys with ease. Listen as the boys break it down. You know, we've done a lot of work with the handle path and... Um, I, I know I've gotten a ton of feedback regarding handle path from lots of our mm. listeners reaching out and just saying that really resonated to them. Um, had some fun discussions with some pros that have reached out and, um, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff that makes you smile. And, and so this is really, to me is a, is a continuation of the handle path discussion yes. and really understanding what are we trying to do in this zone? So Trent, maybe first thing we should do is just describe to our listeners at the center line from center line, that's right behind the boat, right between the wakes, right where that prop wash is from the center line out to the buoy. What is the handle doing? And um, because I think that's really what the, I think that's what the listener really has to understand is first is what is going on with the handle? Because I know what I want in my mind. In my mind, I want to try to get as early as possible and I want to build more space and I want to do all these things. But ultimately, we're confined by by this by this uh, section. So you want to walk us through that a little bit? Well, yeah. I, so I think like just the first thing that, you know, this and this is just revisiting handle path. You, you have to appreciate <clears throat> that the handle needs to arc around the pylon. And the reason why that gets a little messy is because it's not a, it's not like a perfect pendulum, if you will, because the anchor point, the pylon is moving, right? It's moving at a steady rate down the lake, but it's still that the handle still needs to, it still needs to swing up and around the pylon, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so in that regard, it's exactly like a pendulum, but, but again, why it's, it's not that perfect pendulum and why it's a little hard to wrap your brain around is because the anchor point is moving where obviously a pendulum isn't. So that's, so Again, but we are, but if, we are, but we are fixed to that. So it's kind yes. of a moving pendulum. 100%. So, yes. Yes. It, it, yes. You're, 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 yes, you are confined to that. And that's why inarguably the closer you can get off that attack edge or that cutting edge, the closer that can happen to the center line, the more in sync with, with, you know, the more, um, in sync or the, or, or, or the better you're going to move within these unbendable constraints. Yes. Yes. That is, I think that's really important to understand. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have so many built in tendencies that want everything in my body. As I come into that center line, everything in my body wants to do other things. And that comes from, yeah, for you sure. know, Hey, I grew up, I, I learned to ski in the eighties. You know, I, I developed my style further in the nineties. I kind of, you know, I went pro in the early two thousands, you know? So those zones had a lot of different things going on. We had hand driving at the start. We had perfect pass. We had then, you know, zero off, you know, we had all of these things as these upgrades that, you know, a lot of our listeners, our younger listeners aren't ever even having to relate to or understand. So for them, it's just always been a constant. That's another advantage of being young right now. Uh, good on you and uh, whatever. But 
for those of us that have been skiing longer, we have these ingrained things. And for me, when I start to come into that first wake, I'm, I know that I've talked about building energy and I want to build energy, but I also have this thing mm -hmm. in my head that just says like, I got to get early for that buoy. Like it's gonna, the more I can pull this boat backwards through this point and, and cast out wide, that's gonna, that's gonna be my saving grace. And you know, the, the longer your line is, the more you can get away with that, that yes. thought process. But the thing that I would like for everyone to understand is why would you want to make that part of your, part of your growth opportunity at this stage and then take it away later on. So I believe that everybody kind of really needs to wrap their head around this and, and start to start to shift this, this thought process. So anyway, that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, the, the thought process in my head is we need to address this now, like really understand what we're trying to do in this zone and, uh, and then make our adjustments and, and learn to not to learn to ski, but to learn to utilize this in its most efficient manner. So mm -hmm. do you have things, I mean, I don't know where, where should we go with this Trent? I mean, should we like, do we well, need to I think you, why don't you, yeah, I, I think you should like, why don't you just walk through like what, what you want to see, what you want to feel or what you like to, to, to see when you're, when you're watching someone else, like, you know, so we, we've decided that, you know, we were, you know, we've decided that, that, that center line head change is ideal. And, and, and again, inarguably it's the ideal, but also on the other end of the spectrum, you know, it's a, it, it, it's a moving target. It's dependent upon, you know, a few factors that you can actually head change that early and granted, you know, you, you can still, it's not like if you're two feet past the center line, still trying to build enough speed to come through that, that, that that's game over. It, it's not, it's not right or wrong. It's just how close to perfect is it? You know, cause there's some amazing skiers that run amazing line lengths and you can see them pulling past the second wake out of necessity. Uh, but what, what are you, what are you trying to see or what are you trying to feel given that you've gotten as early an edge change as possible? Um, ski comes through onto, you know, you know, onto flat as close to the center as possible. And then, and then now what? Right. Right. What, what so trying to feel exactly. Okay. So there's a couple of things here. One, I'm working on this currently kind of all the time. So yeah. this is not something that's new to me. Um, I've done lots of different iterations of this. Um, so right now I am working on this cause I have, ha I have habits that, don't put me in the best place. Um, and then as you just alluded to, there are pros that do things that aren't right, but also they are able to overcome these because they're kind of superhuman in their abilities. And um, just because a pro can do certain things does not mean that you want to emulate that style. So I think you really have to have the understanding in your head of you know, what, what should I be going for? So one of the things that's always kind of been really apparent in my, in my visual of skiing, and I think a lot of people don't like to hear this or want to say no to this, but anytime your two hands are connected to the pylon or to the handle, your shoulders should be facing the pylon. Okay. So when you finish a turn and you hook up, it's pretty easy to, to think about keeping your shoulders, you know, facing the pylon, you know, the hard, the hard part there would be to not to close them off too far away from the boat towards the shore you're going and things like that. But as you come into center line is where things get real interesting. 
So, you know, we had a huge period of time where we talked about being open to the boat. Okay. And, um, I think that's, this is where to me, it really comes into play is as you go through center line, we want our shoulders our, or not our shoulders, but our, like, let's say my center of my chest, right? Yeah. Center of my chest wants to go right through the middle of my handle, right through the, the, the pinch point of the triangle of my yoke of my handle. And then that runs down the rope into the pylon. So as I go through this, as I'm going through the center, center line, that's where I want my shoulders to be should to be facing. And then as I come off the second wake, that handle is rolling, arcing up into the inside. And what I really want people to, to start to visualize and understand is that your shoulders should be opening up to the pylon, not closing away. And that is something that I, I have done in the past. And um, it, creates this huge spike that you and I talked about. Like basically that's you not going in the handle path, right? So we have to follow the handle path and our body needs to follow the handle path all the way out to wherever we let go with our hand, our outside okay. hand to make our reach. And so this is, this is what's prevalent to me. Okay. So that's what, that's what I'm really focusing on what I see. And so things that, things that keep you from doing this are trying to project your ski on in this crazy outward path that it can't go because you're still attached to the handle and, um, trying to pull the boat backwards and being really strong past the center line, thinking that that's going to get you wide. All these things that we've already talked about that don't, don't help you. They only hurt you. So anyway, so understanding what my shoulders or my, not my shoulders, but my body is doing in relation to, in its relation to the handle or, and that thus to the but, uh, to the boat is very important. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's, that's kind of so, the big thing. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you're, so you're saying like not, not trying to, not trying to rotate your upper body out as you come off the second wake, right? That's a great way to say it. Okay. Cause you're up. So your chest orientation is so explain this one. Cause I think this is important. So your chest, your, the orientation of your chest is slightly different on an offside cut versus an onside cut though. Yes. It, I mean, it is most likely just because of your stance, but yeah, I think, yes. I think that it's, it's, it's easier on an onside cut because your hips are so open. Um, yes, and, and it's just a, it's a more comfortable, uh, position yeah. to be in. Okay. Yeah. But on the offside cut, we still are, we might be slightly more closed to the boat, but as we go through that center line, we have to really accentuate this opening up and following of that yeah. handle path because yes. the more we deviate from that, and this is the, exactly what you're talking about is what kicks my, uh, you know what? So yeah. I come off of, I, I'm, I'm, I would say that I, I come off my offside turn pretty well and I get into a nice accelerating position. I feel very comfortable being, uh, utilizing my front foot and, and building pressure into the wakes and speed and, and those things. And as I come into center line, there's this tendency for me to want to take. So I, I, my offside turn is one, three and five right side of the boat as you're a mm -hmm. skier. And then as I make that turn and I come into the wakes, that's my offside cut. And then as I edge change into what would be two, four and six, okay. My tendency from 
learning to ski a long time ago and not understanding these concepts is to try to take my left shoulder and close it off to the boat and try to make yeah. it face the shore that I'm going and trying to, to just feel the power that I have and never give anything to the boat. But inevitably what I feel is I get ripped up over and to the inside through that edge change. And it is very hard for me to ride that line out. So I'm just giving you my, my deal. Right. Yes. So what's, what's the sequence of events now then so people can self-diagnose. So if you, so coming through the second wake, that old tendency of trying to further rotate your upper body out in an attempt to, to again, create more angle that, that really isn't possible. You said you get kind of ripped apart and tipped to the inside. So then, so then how do you know that? Like, what are you, what are you feeling? How, like what, what, what's uh, the trickle down from, from that negative effect? The trickle down. Well, what am I? Like how, I, how do you I, know when you're coming into the turn? Oh, I know because, well, what happens? I get ripped up into the inside, yeah. which immediately I have to let go with my outside hand. Anytime okay. you let go with an outside, your outside hand, you are not connected to the boat and you are basically, you might as well not even have a hand, the handle in your other hand. You are literally yes. just flying at a, at a point, basically hovering if you would say it, you have enough speed that you're hovering. And then when you get to wherever it is that the buoy says you have to turn, you're going to do a, some sort of move to try to turn the ski and find where the rope comes tight. And all of that is in the most critical stage from a physics standpoint, you have so much force going onto your ski edge that that's why most blowouts happen in that that point yeah okay so like it's like super common speak so like if someone tells you or you have the sense that buddy you're coming off the handle too early you're coming off the handle too early because you hear this over and over i came off the handle too early. so that's a bit so perhaps that was the potential cause of coming off the handle too early trying to create some additional unattainable um, sense of angle off the second wake perhaps it's got to yeah. be something in the 90 percentile of people that yeah Okay. I mean, you know, like, I mean, you know, Trent, when you're out there skiing and you're, you're, you, when you say you're in true mid-season form and you're to that place where you're not thinking and it's just happening and you're skiing yeah. well, and it's, it's almost mindless skiing for you, Trent, I know that you are connected to that handle. You're riding the handle on the way out. Yeah. You're not even having to think about what you need to do in the turn. You just move. Yes. The ski comes through. It's like my ski's set up perfect and everything's happening. And I'm just, you know, you're basically in unison. I mean, I think that's, yeah. that's the feeling. So when we look at clients and I mean, you're doing this all the time when you're looking at students and, and uh, fellow skiers, that's probably the end result of that you see almost most often is in my mind, the ideal distance where if we are talking about a swing, okay, okay. the buoy is the top of the swing, meaning yeah. we want to be connected with our two hands out to the imaginary buoy line, the dotted line that you would run. If you drew the course out, draw a dotted line down the one, three, five path, right? When you break that width on your way out, that's where your outside hand would come off. And when you would drop in and your outside hand would come on, on the other side of that dotted line. And you would be Got accelerating like from that. there. That is, that's my vision of how it goes. Now, that's in a hypothetically, I moved perfect line, 
right? I don't know if you agree with that. Number one, that probably no, hundred percent. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Because because that that's like I was I was going over a video with one of with one of my um, skiers the other day, and it's and it was exactly we were talking looking exactly at, at that. I'm like, how come how come I'm accelerating from way up here on the boat and Conversely, you're not in that accelerating position until you're about a third of the way through the whitewash. So no, it's, it's, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I actually think that where you let go with your arm, your outside arm yeah. to to start yeah. to, is actually on the other side is the your dotted line. Yes. So if you let go 25 feet early of the buoy line with your hand, no, no, that's probably a little aggressive. So if you let go. 10 feet early of the buoy and start your, your so-called reach, but really you're just letting go and going straight and then making your turn, then you're not going to connect to the boat until that 10 foot inside of buoy line. You're not going to be able to accelerate until you get there. You might, you might connect to the boat because you rock back and you catch the line and then your tip comes up and then you settle it down and then you start accelerate. Oh, that's right where you let go of the handle on the other side. So in my mind, that's why I refer to things as a swing, a pendulum, whatever you want to call it. And we are attached to a boat. So while it's not stationary, I think it's helpful to look at it this way. Yes, for sure. So, okay. So, (laughs) so tell me how this relates to how this relates to exactly how you described it. So for me, I feel like similarly, I don't want to, try and force an earlier line coming through the center line that I'm already on. Um, Wise and, man. And, 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 and um, so what, how I view it is I want to, I want my hip orientation to remain constant. So <clears throat> meaning as I come through the center line, I don't want to start counter rotating out and just as important because it's going to end up having the same negative effect. I don't want to, start rotating, let, letting my hips rotate back inside. Or, um, you know, the way I think about it is, is, is that, that inside hip, you know, left hip headed to the right or right hip headed to the left, that inside hip, I want it to continue to move with the line of the rope. And again, not, not counter to the outside and, and, and create this false sense of trying to get early. And that was, I was guilty, guilty of that, especially on my gates. Um, I want to just, I want that hip orientation. I want everything to stay square. So what, or this kind of sense of wherever I am at the first wake in relation to, um, direction in like in relation to, um, hip orientation or hip handle connection. Um, I, I want to just protect that. I want to preserve that. I want to come up early enough before something starts happening. That's going to make me want to do something else. And, and where I was, guilty of, of, of skewing that line was, was, you know, even, even once I had a really good sense of, of, I want max everything at the bottom of the first wake on my gate, just from, you know, just from history, just from, from years of, of having this ideal in my head was I was, I was always maxing out on the right hand gate ball. So, and as that path goes cross course, I mean, I was maxing out probably whatever that would be at least 10 feet later on my gate than I was trying to do everywhere else. And then this whole thing was happening. You know, I would give it that extra 10% over the right-hand gate ball, trying to cast this really early line. Then that, then, then the trickle down, like that you described, handle starts to come away from my body. Inside hip starts to go back because of it. So now 
my body's unwinding. My hips are unwinding inside the path that my ski was on. So of course my ski is going to follow. And then, so here's the, here's the trickle down. If you're a left foot forward, like myself, you're probably fairly handy at turning that side. But then I would end up with, you know, my feet a little bit ahead of me coming into the turn, more of a, more of a breaking turn with, with lots of load early. And then now this whole thing is just, is just trickling down. It's just going to repeat itself across the wake. Um, it's going to end up with me pulling a little long. So now the handle is going to come away again. My hips are going to open up. And then now I'm stuck with this idea that my offside is terrible. You know, I've hidden, I've hidden everything. I've hidden my mistakes at, at the backside of, of, of one and three, because that's my open stance and I can turn the heck out of that side. But now I'm convinced that there's a, there's an offside problem for me. So for like, so, so anyway, back to my, my question, I just was like reliving, 25 years. No, I think this is helpful. No, I think this is really helpful, Trent. But, but what, so how does that, does, does that resonate kind of in the same manner that you're talking is if I'm talking about just keeping your hip orientation the same, if you, is that, is that, yeah, if you broke this down, Trent, from 30,000 feet, what I'm hearing you say when you basically for our listeners out there, you know, Trent and I speak very similarly, but we don't speak super, all the time about all these topics that we're talking about. So I'm learning yeah. as you're, as you, the listener is learning, I'm learning at the same time and I'm formulating questions, same as Trent is. And so I'm interpreting, I'm interpreting what Trent's saying real time, very similarly to how you, the listener is. So Trent, what I would say is my interpretation of what you're saying is the, what you're thinking about your, your hip alignment is staying in relation to the handle all the way through that move which is exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. And it's just from a different lens. And I, that's one of the reasons why I love doing this with you. And, um, you know, that we, that we go through this process because the questions arise and then we can, we can, we can throw them off each other and then we can, yeah. we can see how it goes. And, and what you're talking about when you're talking about skiing, I think is really important too, is to walk people through what, what is going through your brain as you, as you're going through these moments as you as Trent, so that people can have uh, something to, to relate to as far as, you know, when they're actually out there and not just 30,000 yeah. feet. So one of the things yeah. I wanted to talk about real fast, and I'm not going to spend much time on it, but if you think about however fast you're skiing, so if you're skiing at 36 miles an hour, in theory, probably right behind the boat without friction, a skier could get something like 72 miles an hour, like double your boat speed. Right. So okay. uh, let's just say that. Okay. Let's just say we're yeah, going yeah, yeah. 72. I mean, whatever, you know, you can pick whatever you want, double it. And then minus, you know, five miles an hour, 10 miles. I mean, whatever you want to call it, but let's just for simplicity's sake, right. If you're going yep. 70 miles an hour and you're focusing on the right hand gate ball, do you think you can react at the right-hand gate ball at 70 miles an hour to make an instant change? Or do you think that you've traveled five or 10 feet before that actually kicks in and things that you are talking about have happened? Yeah, so that's when I also listened to you when you were saying I was focused on the right-hand gate ball. I was focusing on the right-hand gate ball and why people get so infatuated with it and why that perpetuates that long pull getting massive line load right there off the second wake and getting ripped to the inside and not understanding why I cannot get wider. I can't get wider by doing this, right? So ultimately you're 
trying to take a line that does not, you're, you're reacting too late and then trying to take a line that you cannot take. Thus, you have to give it, give back more than you want. And when I listen to you, Trent, what you're saying is I want to take everything that I can and keep it through this edge change. And we talked about that in a, yep. in a previous episode. And I think that's what's so key is to think about your body's orientation to the handle, to your ski, to the boat, however you want to call it. Yeah. Yes. It's really, yes. really important. Obviously the timing is super important. So, you know, like, like if I want to walk through this, I'll like, okay, I'll walk through this. So, um, as I, as I finish the turn and i I get into my stack or my balance position, I'm really just trying to find a position that I, you know, I teach everybody that I teach first two, first two rules of Chris Rossi water skiing, arm straight, arm straight. Okay. You cannot accelerate without your arm straight. You have your arms bent. You're holding your body up. You're leaving your ski on a flatter plane. You're not, you're not able to accelerate in the same manner. So we want to have our arms straight when we come off this, uh, off the turn and, and hook up to the bow and we're in our lean. And, you know, for me, I want to progressively build my energy into the wakes. You know, if that's more body lean or, you know, however you want to interpret that I'm building energy into the wakes. As I come into the first wake, I'm trying to build as much energy as I know that I can hold off of the second wake. Does that make sense? That's really what you were mm -hmm. talking about, Trent, right? Like I want to be yep. able to yep. maintain this orientation off the second wake. I don't necessarily think of it in orientation, but I, I'm going to now because it goes right in line with what I've been working on anyway. So mm -hmm. my max energy uh, generation is at the first wake. If I've maxed, the only thing that can happen is a slight, uh, release of that energy or like, you know, you, you hit max and then it's going to start to, we're going to rotate around with that. So as I come through the wakes, the most important thing is to keep that. I'm really confused right now. I need to do a sidebar on back arm versus front arm. If I'm going through the gates, Trent, so if I'm going from left yes. to right, I think of back arm for me as my right arm. What, what yes. do yeah, you tr think And of? traditionally. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. Traditionally. Yeah. Like, so, you know, cause in having this conversation like that, <laughs> you're, you're not going to think about this without thinking about back arm pressure. Cause that's, that's like, it's 40 years old and it, mm -hmm. and it, and it holds true as, as long as it's, you know, as long as it's internalized the right way. So yes. Okay. Traditionally back arm would be your right arm going through the gate. To one ball. Okay. That's all. Yeah. That's I just need to know okay. so that I can paint this picture We're for the, the yeah. Yeah. for the, for the thing. Cause there's others that talk about it in a different way. And I, I just yeah. need to, I, arm, we, trailing arm. Yeah, 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 I can't, I just, this is how I think about it. So it's my back arm. So yeah. let's say I'm, I'm going through the gate. I'm coming into the first wake, going into the gates. I'm not worried about right hand gate ball. I'm worried about max energy at the first wake. Then I'm, I've got my, both arms are straight at that point. I've got my, you know, I've got the, I feel the boat's load running through my body, through the, that right arm. And now as I come up and out of, as I'm coming into my edge change, I'm going to leave that right arm dead straight. And as you yes. see me go through center, what you're going to see is my left arm slightly start to bend. And yes. then, but I'm holding Good. on I'm glad and, you're doing this. and my, my, basically, if you can envision this, 
envision that I'm holding onto this handle, right? But really what I'm trying to do is make my center of my back the handle. It's feeling like I'm leaning against my back. I know you guys feel that when you're in your cut going into the wake. Yes. Well, guess what? When you come off the center line and go out to the buoy line, I'm still riding that arc. My back still feels that full arc. How can it feel that arc? My back arm must remain straight and and it's got pressure in it and I'm starting to come up and now my right arm is getting a little bit of a bend right off the second wake and the further out I go I'm actually getting more and more left arm bend but my right arm is yes. staying straight that's yes. the key you have yes. to be arcing with the handle Yes, I'm glad you're doing this because that's a really big question that a lot of people ask, and I think it's it's a it's a real misconception that 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 um, when they watch Swiss Pro or something that they they have this sense that they're pulling in on their arms and that's not it. Right? Not both, not both arms. Okay, yeah. and even um, that it's not yeah. even and even that inside arm. It's not like you're like reefing in on it. You're not trying to change anything. It's just as you start running that upward arc. And and everything is still oriented on the same path. Well, that arm, that that shoulder is closer to the pylon the higher up you get. Yes. So that arm has to shorten <laughs> to, to remain in contact. To right. Keep, if that arm was perfectly exactly. straight, the only way to have both arms perfectly straight would be as if you set your hips way back and and let everything rotate, like you let your hips rotate back to the pylon. So yes, that that arm is coming in because that inside of your body is getting continually closer to the pylon. I really like the thought of that outside arm perfectly straight. I'm glad you yes. said that. It's super like if, if that arm bends at all, you are pulling yourself to the inside. Yes. And if you're pulling yourself to the inside, inevitably you will not be able to ride that arc out to the, to the buoy line the proper way. So you will be letting go with your outside hand early. Thus, you will be straight lining with a loose rope towards your apex. Thus, you will have some sort of guess or, you know, I've called it before, hope and pray at the finish of the turn. And the smaller that gap is, the less it affects you. And, and yes, at 15 off or, you know, other line links, you can get away with this for a long time. But you will be readdressing this at some point in your skiing. So why not, no matter what level you're on, understand this from a very early, early onset and, and make this a highlight. And I think for me, like what's really the arm, the arm being straight's great. And it's, it's what needs to happen. But really what I want to do is as much pressure as I feel in the handle in my hands, I want to feel in the center of my back rotating with the handle. Yeah. So my back and the handle are, are basically, what is that parallel to each other? And they're just yeah. arcing on the same arc at the same distance away from each other, right? Like you're just literally yes. arcing with that thing. And um, I think that's really what's key is to be able to do that. And then there are many, many things that can cause it to go awry. But understanding that if we can stay attached to that, you know, line and be arcing ideally up to that point, then we're going to be in the exact place we should be to make a turn. We'll be connected. You're, you are safe. Basically you're safe to attack at all moments in the course when you are attached to the handle. How many times do you blow up? Um, let's say you finish a turn and you finish a nice turn and then you're, you're on your way to the wakes. How many times do you blow up? You don't. 
because you're no. because you uh, you attach yourself in the right way. So anywhere that you're attached to the boat in a balanced position, you you feel safe. So why wouldn't we want to always be attached to that line? Know exactly how high up on the boat we're going to swing, and and whatnot. And the answer to that is very quickly. The reason why we don't stay attached to that, especially as the line gets shorter, is because our mind keeps telling us we need to be earlier and we need to do it's it's gotta be harder. This line's shorter, so it's gotta yes. be harder. I've I've got to work harder at 41 off. There's no way I'm gonna get out to the buoy unless I pull at max, max, max. Yep. Yep. But where is max is the better question you should be asking yourself. And how do I stay attached to this line? So uh, I don't know. Trying what? I mean, no, it, like so. Yes, and you know, for me, like when the light bulb really went off, um, you know, maybe six or eight years ago, it was was exactly that. Is like it's like when I stopped trying to get wider, and for me, it was wider. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't in my mind. It wasn't like I was trying to get earlier. I was trying to get wider as the line got shorter, and. As soon as I let go of that and 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 really appreciate it, okay, how am I going to get wider? Well, I, I mean, width on the buoy is a product of height on the boat. So, so by the time I get to the first wake, my potential width is is already determined by how much speed I was able to generate before the first wake. So, I, I, as soon as I, I had this sense where, okay, coming into the first wake at max, max, max drive max acceleration, not, not, not just max lean or load. Um, as, and this, this applies at any line, like at any level, as you come into the first and through the first wake, your width is already determined. So at this point, all you can do is, is, is start to chip away at, at that potential. So I had this idea that, okay, like my angle set, my, 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 my body's orientation is set. I'm obviously in a pretty darn good, you know, or the, whatever position I'm in, it, it's, it's good enough at this point because it's not going to get any better. So, okay, this, this is already set. So now all I need to do is come up and just sort of protect all these things, protect my balance, protect my, my handle connection, protect my, my, the line I'm on by not overdoing it late and just keep everything as square with my ski as possible for as long as possible. And, And as soon as I stopped trying to get wide, I started getting, I started creating more space, you know? And, and so if I was going to go nuts and bolts on like, how do I not screw up that orientation or that angle or that, or that line I'm already on. You know, a lot of it is, is like one edge changing early enough that, that, you know, or, or edge changing before you've lost th- those factors, you know, body position and balance and, 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 uh, direction. Um, and then two, keeping my, my upper body structure intact. So again, so the handle isn't coming away from my body. If I, you know, if you switch edges and you start to round your shoulders, the handle is going to start to come away from your body. And now your, your, your body and the handle and your ski are all going on different lines. And that's when you feel that kind of free fall. So it'd be, you know, get off that edge while I still have everything intact. And then it's going to be maintain my upper body structure. So not, there's no sliding, no moving parts. And, and, and again, just, you know, one of the guys I coach all the time just has, and it was a light bulb for him. He was like, Hey, what I have at that point is what I have. So there's no point in trying to do more at that point because you're only going to start you know, again, like, like you said, right from the very start, Rossi, trying to, trying to create this false sense of additional angle that just cannot exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, and all I hear when I'm, when I'm hearing you right now is everything you're doing is to stay on the handle path, 
to stay on at yes. or as close to ideal yes. handle path as I possibly can. Yes. And so what we're really cluing everybody in on here is what you should be looking for to keep yourself on that path. And I think that's really important. And then getting back to what you were talking about, like being okay with what you have at center, that's like, imagine being on a swing set and not being okay with where you are at the bottom and somehow kicking your feet too late, right? If you kick your feet too late, <laughs> what happens? Your feet go way up above you. And then what happens? You get to the top of the top of the swing and the, the chains go loose. Then your body falls down first ahead of your feet. And then your body smashes on it. And then your feet come swinging underneath you too wrong. And then you can't, you can't do that same right swing on the way back up the swing. So to me, it's just a matter of like, find, you got to find your balance. You've got to find your unison. A um, couple things for me that help Sometimes help, I'm yeah, a, just real quick, sometimes the simplest um, analogies, like what, like what you just like that, how you just described that late swing, like everyone can relate to that through their childhood or watching their children. And it's, it, there's like, there is, it's, it's, that's not grasping. That's, there is 100% merit in that. There, there, the, the principles of motion are, are, are absolutely um, akin to skiing and, and, and that, that swing set scenario you just described. Yes. Yes. So, you know, just that's, that's my way of thinking of it. And, um, and yet we'll just continue to crash down after every turn, AKA slack. We'll get slack after every turn, but we'll just keep skiing that way until our elbow starts being destroyed. And then we're going to yeah. start, then we'll go, Oh, I, I, I obviously need to address something. Well, it's like, if you look at the greatest skiers, they're not taking slack hits. They are, you know, you're watching. If you want to watch, you guys want to watch what this really looks like. Uh, look at, uh, Freddie Winter's post from, I think it's April 4th. It's the same post I referred mm -hmm. to back, a few, you know, a bunch of episodes back. And it's, it's a point of view video from him. Like he's wearing it on his head or whatever. And you get to see him ski and you're going to see, watch him come off the, uh, through the wakes and off the, off the edge change. And you're going to see that back arm stays dead straight and he's riding it while it's straight. So he's riding the handle path out towards the buoy line and then he lets it go. And then he has a nice tight rope to finish. And then the same thing on the other side, it's very balanced. It's very, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful video to watch, to see how to do it right.